This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 30th, and you are listening to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. We have a huge team out in California covering the Elite 11, and in just a moment, you'll hear from Josh Pate as he is joined by Chris Singletary and Greg Biggins to break down day two of the finals, to talk about who stood out, and to discuss what the guys are most looking forward to seeing on the third and final day today. So here are Josh, Chris, and Greg breaking down the Elite 11 finals. Well, here we go. Elite 11 finals, night two in the books. That's Greg Biggins, Chris Singletary. I'm Josh Pate, live from Los Angeles. Gentlemen, let's get it started. Greg, I'm going to kick it over to you. You've been watching this thing for two nights now. There's a lot of takeaways, so go any direction you want. The biggest thing you saw this evening. Biggest direction, biggest takeaway. I'd say Dante Moore is really good at football. How about that, right? I think he's a special talent. He was my number one guy last night, number one guy tonight. Uh, I can't find a flaw. I mean, I like, like the size, the frame, the athleticism. Um, R comes out, ball comes out clean every time velocity change of speeds he's smart with it he's just always looks like he's on balance he's engaged um he's competitive i can go on and on on. like i already have though uh for me i think he should be in the conversation i know we talked about before should somebody leapfrog arch if they have a great week i think we should have the conversation i think dante moore is really good chris i mean that's been the conversation sit around the hotel room you come out here it's how tight is that race for number one and then you know i'm standing over here and i start to hear some names mentioned quite more frequently than other names and that's one of them i mean is that, is that kind of mirroring what you've been taking away? Yes. When you watch Dante Moore, you see a guy that understands the game. He plays at his own pace, tremendous fundamentals, does a really good job of body control on every throw, whether he's out the pocket, off the platform, in the pocket, pushed up with the rush. So he's never sped up, knows when to throw a touch, knows when to drive the ball. So he's a guy that plays with a subtle calmness about him that's kind of different, probably compared to most of the guys that we're watching here today. Greg, uh, one of the questions some of my buddies text me, and we get it on the boards a lot, is the difference maybe in a scoring system mm-hmm. at Elite 11 versus maybe the way that you're keeping track yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, explain it to me like I'm five years old. Okay. What is the difference? There? I will try. So, again, I'm a student sports guy for 15 years, so I love that the, the group. So, coming in, they'll have their 1 through 20. It's, it's already ranked. And I say, hey, you know, that's great to get them here, but I think once you get here, you know, wipe that out, right? Start everybody from scratch. So, if you're rated 18th, you got to leapfrog 17 guys to get to your number one. Um, even tonight, their scoring system, uh, three ball, a three point for a perfect ball. It's right, right here in the chest. Two is a good ball. One kind of uncatchable and a zero ball is, you know, you get zero points for that, obviously. So I think for us, we're looking at tools, right? Everything for us is always a projection. So if it's, it's arm strength, it's release, it's feet on time, it's rhythm, all that kind of thing. That will weigh more for us when we're looking at, you know, maybe someone who throws a, a ball right here, three points. You know, we might see it knuckle. We might see a slow release. We might see just maybe off balance, not looking right. Hickett scored more here. So for example, uh, Minchie, you know, we loved, he was the highest score, but 
but for us, it was Dante Moore still. So it's just point totals versus tools. Kind of that's a difference for at least tonight. All right, let's dive in a little bit. I mean, Chris, you're back here the whole night, so take me anywhere you want to. We, we've mentioned some names already, but maybe some names we haven't hit. Just biggest takeaways night too. I think you know with Dante Moore leading the way, you still have some guys that are going to push him. Tomorrow we'll be in our seven on seven segment. You'll see guys like Jackson Arnold, Chris Vizina, uh, Malachi Nelson, Austin Novosad, guys that are still pressing and pushing their way up to try to be the number one guy. Guys that brings different tools and traits. And then I think some other guys that really stood out, guys that you would consider per se your dual threat quarterbacks, whether it's Malachi Singleton or Avery Johnson, those guys really did a good job of showing that they've been working on their mechanics, really playing with their feet and get set, get underneath them. And both of them have live arms. So I think when you see those guys that are kind of different than your traditional quarterbacks, really step up in a setting like this, it's been huge. Same thing, Greg. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I want to mention Avery Johnson because you said uh, he was the last guy to go and, and he, he caught fire. And we kind of made the joke, if he was with five more throws, he would have probably hit all five. I mean, he was rolling toward the end. And I think tomorrow, seven on seven, uh, you know, I think it's tough for guys that don't play a lot of seven on seven, right? We saw Dante Moore. So this week is not a small sample size for us. We saw Dante Moore in Vegas two weeks ago, and he was the best guy there. So he came in with kind of some juice. Uh, Malachi Nelson plays a lot of seven on seven. So I think those guys that play a lot of seven and should be really good tomorrow. I know it's always sort of a delicate question to ask because a lot of people want to know winners, losers. I don't want to go down that road quite yet. We'll, we'll have that in totality tomorrow. But is there any guy or maybe a couple, three guys that you have high hopes for, you still think highly of, but there's just something a little extra that you want to see from? For me, I think, having seen a lot of guys on film, but really seeing the guys in person, I'm feeling positive about all the guys, about their tools and traits that they have, even whether they're committed to their particular schools or guys that are uncommitted. There's not a guy here that's bad. Everybody has something that they need to work on, even Dante Moore. So I'm encouraged by watching all these guys compete and really take the coaching. That's the other piece. How are these guys taking the coaching, the critiques that they need to add to their game? Maybe it's reads. Maybe it's getting their feet set. Maybe it's just doing the drill like your coach should do. So I've been encouraged just by the group as a whole being coachable and being able to translate that to the field to play to the best of their ability. I'll give you a name. So Austin Novosad for me. First time seeing him live and, you know, Baylor commit. Here comes Ohio State. who's pretty good at football, right? Pretty good at developing quarterbacks. Uh, A&M, right? He's a legacy there. And I think he's been a top five guy for me. So it was fun. Again, you see, you know, guys on tape and you can only take so much from that. But seeing him live and seeing the tool set, now I get why Ohio State and A&M are after the guy. And so he's a big takeaway for me is does he stick with Baylor? And if he flips, that I, I, I root for Baylor, right? That was an early eval. Got on him early. He commits to him. All of a sudden, these other guys kind of come in. And I always root for the, you know, maybe the, the Cinderella little guy. Not saying Baylor is a Cinderella story. They're really good. They're a really good football team. But uh, I think the kid's good. I think he's gifted and he's had a good week. Do you get the sense, you know, being around guys, I'm talking about from the neck up now, personality mm -hmm. and just kind of the way they handle the competitive setting. And it's, it's even within the camp setting, unlike anything they've been a part of so far. Have you seen anybody kind of open up day two versus day one and you start saying, okay, there's that guy I mm. thought I was going to get. I think for me, when you see a guy like Emory Williams, he has a contagious personality where he's going to be a guy that guy's going to follow naturally. And I think for him, that's huge, especially right now being committed to Miami, you know, him being that two-headed monster with Rashada. I think those guys will be able to feed off each other, push each other to be able to have a healthy competition that'll benefit Miami down the line. I thought Chris Parsons a fun guy. You know, just watching him at the hotel check-in, man, he couldn't get enough interviews. He seemed like the kind of guy, hey, talk, someone talk to me. He kind of yeah. seemed like he's that guy, really likable. And, um, I, you know, for me, again, watch I don't mean to keep coming back to him, but Dante Moore, for me, I saw him in Vegas. Didn't see him speak a whole lot. Didn't see a lot of animation. I thought this week, it looks like he's having fun. And um, that might be how he always is. I've never seen that side. And so it's been kind of cool for me to see him kind of open up and just kind of be the dude. I mean, for me, he's been like the guy physically, but I feel like he's got uh, a lot more engaged. He seems to be having a, a good time. And I mean, I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. You know, it was interesting. We had Malachi over here. We had 
at Deuce over here, and there's always the same language. They're speaking the same way we do about USC. Back. How you get USC mm. back? How do you get the Coliseum full? I mean, you're around it a lot more mm. than I am. You're on the West Coast. It's so interesting that in some ways, when you listen to kids talk, it doesn't sound like what the general public talks about. But in this sense, with Southern Cal, they're mirroring what the public says about Southern Cal. Yeah, no, for sure. So I, I was talking to Deuce's dad, Dominic, who I covered in high school, went to Florida State, but USC was his dream, was dad's dream school. So I don't want to give too much away. People might read into that and think, oh, his kid's a, an SC lock. But uh, no, I think right now there is a lot of excitement uh, with USC football and Lincoln Riley. And, you know, they just had, you know, 30 people officially visit two weeks ago. And the talk is there's about eight silent commitments. And yeah, they're really, really doing well. I mean, for me, as a West Coast guy, a Pac-12 guy, you know, we need, I think, a good USC, yep. right? I think football's more fun when you have Notre Dame and Texas and Florida. I think those superpowers, I like seeing the superpowers be competitive and, and be strong. I think USC definitely looks like they're on the way, on the way back for sure. So we are about to head into day three. We're about to head into the final day here. If there, and I'll start with you, Chris, if there was one thing that you are the most excited to watch tomorrow, what would it be? It's the competition. It's now we've seen those guys on two days throw against air. Now you're going to throw against live bodies that are going to be in your way. Real obstacles. Guys are going to be shifting. Guys are going to be covering. They're going to be doing different things from a defensive standpoint. So now, how is a guy able to pick up the defense in terms of knowing what coverage they're in? Are they playing one high? Are they playing two? Cover three? Are they playing inside technique with the corners? Are the linebackers getting depth? Being patient. Not always going for the home run ball. Guys that really will do a good job of actually playing quarterback and can't be doing sandlot type things. So I'm really encouraged to see guys play against a real defense now and see how does the, you know, the last two days translate to the guys that we think have been playing well and know have been playing well. Now you're playing more of that football and the coaches are off the field. So now we're going to see how they deal with maybe some adversity and some drops and different things like that. Yeah, great. I mean, is there, you know, you watched it a lot closer than I have so far. Is there a guy maybe so far that's it's been pretty good, but you feel like that day three setting is tailor-made for him to break out in? I think... I I think Malachi Nelson. I mean, he, he's been good, but I don't think he's been, you know, the guy yet. You know, coming in, we thought he was on that short list with Dante Moore as a potential guy to be in that arch manning conversation if he kills it. And so I think even tonight, Malachi was probably five, six. But again, he, he plays a ton of seven on seven. He's really gifted. He's so smart. And he understands, you know, the game slows down for him. He processes the game of football really, really well. You know, seven on seven, it's not a level playing field, right? I've seen guys, you, you have a, a certain defense that's way better. You have receivers that aren't as good as that guy receivers. So you could be the best quarterback, but still struggle just because the defense are seeing the receivers you have. So um, it's, uh, I do think Malachi will have a big day. But again, Dante was our top guy in Vegas. I think he's going to come out there and kill it tomorrow too. And if he does three days in a row, let's have a conversation. Now I'll say this. He better watch out. <laughs> Vizina, Jason Arnold, Novasad, Malachi Nelson, they're going to be chasing him and pushing him. So that's the other thing. You're going to have that healthy competition because guys are going to go rep for rep, driving their team down the field, getting in the end zone. So somebody's going to be trying to, to up one another. So it's going to be good. I'm excited we to see. We talked about Jackson Arnold enough, probably. And I say this right here because I think the guy's got some unique gifts. The ball comes out of his hand a little bit differently, right? I mean, the guy's got some serious arm talent. He's a dual threat kid. And so in this setting, you don't really see a lot of opportunities for a guy to run over a linebacker in 7-on-7 seven seven football. But Jackson Arnold, man, that guy can go. So he's I think he's pretty special. I'm telling you, walk, when you walk around the hotel room, when, when you walk around this track out here, it's there's some names. When people say it, they just have this different tone about their voice. And over the past day or to Jackson Arnold. Hmm. He's gone from Jackson Arnold to, hey, Jackson Arnold now. Jack, Jackson Arnold. You know, they just changed the tone of delivery a little bit. I changed my tone. Yeah? Yeah. Man, day three is going to be really fun. 
We get some sun tomorrow. We get to be in the, in the oh, bright yeah. 75 degrees sunshine. Anything else? Any other takeaways that we have not put on the table yet from day two? I, I'll say another guy we haven't talked about a, a lot that we both love is, is Christopher Vizina. He said call him CV. So we'll call him CV. Uh, Clubson. I mean, that's a dude right there, right? They got Cade Klubnik, and I think it's hard to get two elite guys back-to-back years. So I think when Clubson got, got Vizina, for me at least, it was kind of like a ho-hum Christopher Vizina. I saw him a couple times. Clarkson Retreat tonight. Man, he's got some special tools, right? I love the frame. He's got a college body right now. He can throw it. He was a top three guy for me tonight. Um, I think CV has a chance to also kind of elevate uh, up our rankings board once this event's over. Same thing to you, Chris. It's funny he mentioned uh, CV. I stole your Because thunder. when I first saw him at <laughs> check in, I saw him from behind. I thought it was a former Clemson alum in Tanner Muse. That's how big and how uh, well proportioned he is from mm-hmm. a frame standpoint. So I think he's going to be a guy that we really have to watch along with what, uh, what Biggin said. You know, tomorrow it's going to be. All hands on deck. Guys know it's the last day. Who's going to step up? We're, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. <laughs> so, I mean, if you if you haven't already understood, tomorrow competition ramps up a whole lot. There's going to be a lot of coverage. There's going to be a lot of things written, but tomorrow it's a little bit different scene. So I would encourage folks, if you haven't already been tuned in, if you haven't already been checking updates on 247sports.com, make sure you are. Make sure you're subscribed to the 247 Sports YouTube channel for all the latest from Greg Biggins and Chris Singletary, our entire team from 247 Sports here at the Elite 11 Finals in Los Angeles. I'm Josh Pate. We'll see you same time. Time here tomorrow. Big thanks to Josh Pate, Greg Biggins, and Chris Singletary for that great recap of day two and the look ahead to day three. Remember to stay locked into 24-7 Sports for all the coverage on the Elite 11 Finals. For Josh, Chris, and Greg, I am Lance Flynn. Thanks for listening to another episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.